From the Financial Times in London, I'm Patrick Jenkins, the FT's financial editor, and this is FT News. One of India's state-owned banks, the Punjab National Bank, has been hit by a near $2 billion fraud. Apparently, a select group of business people engineered over a seven-year period nearly $2 billion of false loans. Well, here to explain the story and its significance on a broader footing is Simon Mundy, our correspondent in Mumbai. So, Simon, thanks for joining us. Tell us exactly what happened. How did this fraud come about and how did it get discovered? The details are still coming out. It all began last Wednesday when Punjab National Bank released a very short announcement to the stock exchange saying that they seem to have detected a fraud worth approximately $1.77 billion. The way that this seems to have happened is that a few people and entities, um, Punjab National Bank has named them as a very celebrated jeweller called Nirav Modi and certain people and certain relatives of his and companies controlled by them. Punjab National Bank has named them as those responsible. We haven't been able to reach those people for comments yet. Supposedly what happened is that with the connivance of two employees at a single branch in Mumbai, these people over a period possibly extending up to about seven years were able to get Punjab National Bank to extend letters of undertaking, which effectively are letters of guarantee, which then enabled these people to get loans from branches of Indian banks overseas. And it seems that the way this was done without PMB's management becoming aware of it was actually surprisingly easy. PNB was using an outdated version of the finical banking software that's used by many banks. And this meant that it was not connected with the SWIFT messaging service, which is used by banks to send messages to each other. So when these employees in the Mumbai branch were allegedly sending the messages to the banks overseas, which were guaranteeing the loans taken out by the suspects, This completely bypassed PMB's core banking system. And so it seems the management and the internal auditors and all the people who were supposed to be aware of such things had no idea this was going on. And over an extended period, it ended up being one of the biggest frauds, allegedly, in Indian history. And it was discovered only when the employee who's allegedly at the heart of all this stepped down from his post... The new person in the job was approached by the borrowers who asked for yet another letter of undertaking. And the new person thought this was absolutely remarkable and refused to give the letter. And that was when the whole thing fell apart. And that was in January. Simon, given that the way in which this was structured seems pretty simple and unremarkable in a way, it surely highlights a risk not only at this bank, but at others that might operate systems that are not as up to date as might be ideal. Absolutely, yeah. I think it's fair to say that India's state-owned banks have been really in the spotlight over the past few years Not so much because of their exposure to fraud, but because of their incredible exposure to non-performing loans by various corporate groups, which completely overextend themselves. So in some cases, there have been allegations that this money was used for dodgy purposes. But the deeper point is that these are banks which have got into incredible trouble simply by not having proper risk management systems. 
not having proper oversight of their operations. And that's already last year forced the government to roll out an expanded recapitalization program. The expansion alone was worth $32 billion. So these are already banks in big trouble. Now, India's banking sector is divided into the state banks and the private sector banks. The state banks are growing much more slowly than the private banks at the moment, but they still account for roughly two-thirds of banking system assets. So they're still incredibly important. And I think it is true to say that even if we zoom in on the specific problems here, the state banks are more vulnerable. Punjab National Bank, until I believe last month, was using this outdated software which left it vulnerable to this specific kind of fraud. I'm told that other state banks also have been slow to update the software, unlike most of their private rivals. So people are concerned about the kind of systemic problems within the bank that this showed. And I think there's an awful lot of questions now being asked about whether other state-owned banks in India could be vulnerable to similar problems. Well, it's definitely highlighting a worrisome gap in the systems there, but I guess potentially an opportunity, an additional opportunity for private sector players to expand further. Yeah, I think the private sector banks have really been on quite a tear over the past couple of years. Traditionally, they've been less active in the corporate loan space, but now they've been really picking up some of the slack that's been left by the state-owned banks. So this is good for them to a large extent. You do have some people who have been raising concern about some of the growth in their retail lending, saying could this come back to bite them. But I think broadly speaking, if you look at some of the leading private sector banks in India, HDFC Bank, Kotak Mahindra Bank, for example, these are really seen as being a class apart, frankly, from most of the state banks. It's worth noting that some of the private banks also, ICICI Bank and Axis Bank, which themselves actually are formerly state-controlled banks. They've ended up partly due to their heritage as being big corporate lenders and sort of development lenders. They've got NPA problems of their own. So it's not totally binary, state banks bad, private banks good. Some of the private banks also have problems of their own. But broadly speaking, the private banks look a lot stronger. However, I do think this could potentially be an economic problem for the country. At the moment, investment is, is fairly weak. There's a lot of spare capacity in industry. So the demand for credit is relatively subdued. If and when it does pick up, I think we could see something of a squeeze because the private banks are not really big enough yet to supply all the needs that Indian business has. The corporate bond market is not developed enough. And that's when you would really need the state banks to be firing all cylinders. And at the moment, they're certainly in no state to do so. No, it sounds the micro and macro are both concerning there. But thanks very much for your insights, Simon. This is a segment from the FT Banking Weekly podcast, which comes out every Tuesday and can be downloaded from all the usual podcast apps.